1: I like the video thing thing as well. I decided it's time for me to get videoed.
2: Nice. You got a little pop filter too on the microphone. Yeah, a
1: little, little bit of a pop filter.
2: Yeah. Nice. When's the? I haven't seen you. I don't think
1: ever. I don't know if you've ever. You've never you. seen me before, Peter.
2: No man. And, uh, <laughs> I'm digging that hair, dude. When did uh, when did you do that?
1: Uh like two and a half years ago. But uh it was like it was really small. It was like this big. It just it just keeps spreading. It's spreading. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i like it man i like it i just started uh so my hair is getting a little long too yeah yeah i had had some funky stuff happen up front i actually burnt my hair
1: Um, how did that happen
2: well uh here's a little (laughs) team start off uh so i was taking a dump at my parents house (laughs) and um i don't know if you know the trick to get the smell out of a room where you just like light a match
1: no
2: it's crazy um so if you're If you drop a stinker and you're at like a a girlfriend's house or fiance or parents or whatever, um, just bring a a pack of matches in with you. If you light the match, I don't know what it is. I imagine it like steals the oxygen in the room, but the smell just goes away. Uh, Are you serious? Yeah. But long story short, I was uh, not realizing where my hair was at the time. And when I lit (laughs) the match, my hair just poof went up.
1: Wow. What a story. You win. You win. (laughs)
2: oh my gosh and man the 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 entire house for the rest of that day um i didn't tell any of my parents or my family members that it happened so the house just smelled like burnt hair and just like shit the whole day wow i didn't tell them until a week afterwards (laughs) i thought thought it was the dog having stomach problems or like something but
1: wow wow craziness man so how was life in austin these days man
2: Warmer than uh, <laughs> the last time we chatted. I think we chatted. Was it the snow apocalypse? The snow apocalypse.
1: Yeah. How was yeah. that, man? That
2: was crazy. <sighs> probably like uh, like World War Z. Honestly, wow. it was crazy. So um, every, everything was just completely shut down. Uh, yeah. Snow and ice was everywhere. There's no infrastructure in Austin, so there was no like salt trucks, no plow, none of that stuff. So the roads are just pure untreated, and I had to venture out a couple times. Um, and when I was venturing out, you have to drive very carefully, but you know, I'm from Michigan. I'm used to being in the, the ice and snow. Yeah, yeah. As you're driving past the street, I swear, man, it's like the freaking apocalypse where you have cars lining either side of the street facing every which direction, right? Like left, right, sideways, back, whatever, just abandoned on the side of the road. And this is like downtown Austin, like populated Austin. And all the businesses are closed. You can't get around. And then you see all of this, like civilization is ending kind of signs <laughs> this is crazy
1: my goodness man uh, so i think things are a lot better now though
2: yeah things are a lot better i, mean, That's I actually good. just went on a uh, a solo retreat to big bend national park it's in southwest texas wow St- staying in a little teepee outside you know showering outside trying wow. to get, a, get in touch with my roots so
1: did you have a match there too don't burn
2: down the forest <laughs> <laughs> well it was it was canvas the teepee was canvas so that was actually something i was scared about
1: yeah um, so
2: they had candles inside too and i'm going like <laughs> candles and canvas i don't know if that's a good match
1: yeah crazy no pun no intended no yeah I, I i didn't pick up on that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it's a good match,
2: boom. <laughs> You got to have the sound effects, man. You gotta yeah, have, I need yeah, some sound effects. In.
1: Yeah, stuff like that. Well, it's funny that we're seeing each other for the first time because I've only seen like your profile picture on a thing and you look like he's a very manicured person. I, mine kind of looks like that too. And then people see me, they're like, what? The blonde hair. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. I'm like, yeah, neither did I. <laughs>
2: yeah you're you're talking to a dude who used to wear in college legitimately like a sweatsuit to the bars like a just a grout fit <laughs> to the bars and I, I just wouldn't care man just don't care there's nothing wrong with that i'm all about what's inside i do not give a shit what you it's
1: all about right? the I'm inside about
2: what you got here let's have a good conversation
1: eyes up yeah. here okay
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't. My eyes can't go anywhere else, man. You, I know, you got, right? You got me growing right to you. Right
1: there. It's right. I want you to see my full face. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you have to? Do you have to do like a? Because I just started growing a beard. I'm 27 years old. This is the most it's ever gone <laughs> in. Like it's the most I've ever been able to grow. Like, do you have to to manic? Like, do you have to groom
1: at all? Oh yeah. Yeah, at some point when it gets long enough. I mean, I like it to be like, like I need to shave right here because usually it's uh, much more put together and stuff. But uh, And I, I normally have a haircut all the time, but I'm going to Vegas next week to uh, get a haircut with my barber. I usually get a bunch of like designs on the side of my head and stuff like that. Oh, nice. I kind of like the whole blade look. I'm kind of into that whole thing. I get like all this stuff oh. all the way around my head and stuff, man. It's like crazy.
2: What are you thinking this time?
1: I don't know. I just tell them, do your magic. Just, just do something crazy on the side of my head. And he's like, okay. And it's just like, (laughs) you
2: know, it's like, yeah. Is it like a childhood barber or something? If it's in Vegas?
1: No, no. It's actually, it was a guy I started using about um, six months before I moved from Vegas to Washington. And I was like, dang it, man. Because like 20 years for 20 years, I had a bald head. I'm talking zero hair, man, like zero. And I always had hair. I just didn't want to deal with it and uh and then i was like you know what i'm 40 something most guys want to have hair (laughs) i have it i need to do something with it (laughs) you know yeah so it just became a thing man you know i
2: get that i I get a haircut so i save my haircuts for every time i go home because i'm the most comfortable with um the woman who runs the salon has been cutting my hair for i don't know 15 years now
1: wow and wow.
2: I, don't, I don't know what it is, but it's every time I go back, I just have an aversion to going anywhere else. And oh, really? Maybe, yeah, maybe stupid, but I don't
1: know. <laughs> no, I like whenever I go to Vegas, I just, I go see this guy, Fabio. I know it sounds funny. He's a great guy. Fabio. though. He's just like as an animal, man. He just comes and he's just like, it's done. 30 minutes, pop, pop, pop. And uh, he's just, he's just a good dude. And like, he could cut anything. I think this guy could cut a bear. Into like <laughs> like make him look cool or something. <laughs> it's like,
2: did, did is, has he done something that uh, like you look back on and you're like, man, that was the that was the the best look I've ever had. Yeah, did that come from him.
1: Yeah, you know what he did is uh, also my my top of my hair doesn't look like this either. Normally, like normally he puts like this like uh, sponge wax in my hair, and it makes it like really wavy, and it makes like dreadlocks on the top. Mm. And uh, so I, I ran out of it. I, had to, I, I have a shipment coming today. Thank you, Amazon. <laughs> so I put it in. So it makes the top of my hair look completely different. And the blonde looks like waves of like dreadlocks and stuff normally.
2: Yeah. You have to yeah. send me a picture, especially oh, after yeah. you go. So How do just, I go? Are, are you going to Vegas like just to get your hair cut? Or is
1: there another reason too? I'm going to Vegas to party. <laughs> so like, yeah that's that's acceptable <laughs> <laughs> not just to get my hair cut no but i usually would go before the pandemic like eh, once every uh two months and then uh because I, I i you know i lived there a long time and all my buddies are there so i would go every two months i would train my clients like my virtual clients because I, I could work wherever i go and then i would just just hang out and go to bars and hang out with my friends and go bowling and stuff and you know, it's a straight shot from where I live. It's like two hour flight. Yeah. So, um, and it's cheap. It's like $80 round trip from Bellingham. It's ridiculous. Nice. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> That's
2: nice, man. I haven't been to Vegas in a while. I heard oh, so um, obviously, you know, there's the party scene, the strip in Vegas, yeah. all of that. I just started getting into rock climbing. Um, and apparently some of the best rock climbing in the world is mm-hmm. in Vegas. Did you hear yes. anything about that?
1: Yeah, it's a uh, Red Rock Canyon. There's really if you when you hike, you see these guys on this big wall, guys, girls, just and they look like ants going up this huge rock wall. It's pretty amazing. It's wow. pretty amazing. It's, yeah. it's
2: unbelievable, man. Like these uh some of I so I go to a climbing gym in Austin, and man, there's just like human beings doing stuff that like human beings shouldn't be able to do right like putting it's your true. your your hands and your your feet in the same holds and doing these like yeah. crazy dinos which is like jumping from hold to hold mm-hmm. you're just completely in the air yeah and man it's absolutely absurd and i was just thinking too because i went to i mentioned i went to big ben this past weekend and one of the hikes i went on was uh, the santa elena canyon trail and it's like a maybe a knockoff grand canyon I guess. Um, but it's these two just rock faces that go straight up like 2000 feet. And then the Rio Grande splits them and I'm walking along the path and I'm just looking up at these rock faces, man. And there's 2000 feet straight up and you get dizzy, like looking at it. And in my head, I have a free solo in my mind. Oh,
1: uh, Alex. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Climbing El Capitan and El Capitan is 3000 feet in the air. And this is a thousand feet below what he climbed without any ropes or anything. And I'm just Crazy. picturing this in my head and I'm going, you are a freaking psycho. Like you, <laughs> you are uh, how like how? And I'm just trying to picture like myself starting the ascent on this two thousand foot tall rock face. I'm going, I would I would be terrified as soon as I got like twenty feet up if I got twenty feet up. I don't know how, I don't know how these people do that.
1: I don't do any of that, man.
2: <laughs> come, come to Austin and like, come inside with me. It's so I ought
1: to come to Austin to visit you at some point, uh, because I'm like at some point I'm going to make in like a tour of all these places and people I've met, you know, through the pandemic and the whole time, just to like see them in person and spend some time with them. You know, I think it'd be fun to do. And yeah. uh, so, and I was doing that before the pandemic. I would visit all my clients in different states. And stuff like a couple of times a year and, uh, you know, just for a couple of days and stuff. But I haven't been to Austin in a long time, probably five years or so.
2: It'll be, that's about when I moved down here. And I don't want to say it's like changed completely because it hasn't, but just the pace of stuff building or the pace of the building of stuff has been incredible. Um, Like I drive by places like I used to live in South Austin that were empty lots a year ago. And now it's like a CVS or an apartment complex or like you drive downtown. And I just went downtown for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And there used to be, I, it, always caught my, it always caught my eye. because so I was like, it's such a weird spot to have a Hooters restaurant. It was just oh, like man. A, a Hooters <laughs> in the middle of kind of like a decrepit <laughs> parking lot that's surrounded by like all of these nice apartment buildings an amphitheater. And then like the river, it's just a gorgeous area yeah. of Austin. And you don't really expect like a Hooters there, but long story short, the Hooters isn't there anymore. It got demolished, bought by somebody else. And they have built Darian. I shit you not. They have built in the past three years, a 10 to 15 story apartment
1: complex. It's close to done. Wow. Wow. I mean, Hooters, I offline. I have a great story about Hooters. Ah. It wasn't, it (laughs) doesn't involve me really, but somebody I know, but it's, it's like one of these legendary stories about another person, but I don't want to say it on air about them. <laughs> That's
2: fair. I was going to say, you can't tease me like that. Man. No, no,
1: but I'll tell you off air, but it's like really like, it's like a legendary Vegas story. In fact, I have like 8 million great Vegas stories. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, I have had some legendary times in Las Vegas. I'm telling you, man.
2: So so you're an insider. Oh. What's, what's the insider thing to do?
1: The insider thing is, well, the strip is way too expensive. It's become, it's become out of control, expensive, $20 cocktails, nightclubbing a joke because the cover is insane and it's too loud. You can't hear anything. You literally can't hear And you have to get a bottle if you want to have a good time and that's going to run you a tremendous amount of money. So I always say go to Red Rock Casino off the strip. It's amazing. You're right near Red Rock Canyon. It's incredible. It's so much fun and you know,
2: is there like less traffic? It obviously is less expensive. It's less large. traffic,
1: less expensive, but you get the whole casino experience. And, uh, but in the desert, like out there in the suburbs, the desert, go hiking and stuff. It's amazing.
2: What about the dining and shows? Like, would that be comparable or do you have to go to the strip?
1: No, you got to go to the strip for the shows, but a show I highly recommend is a show called Absinthe. I think it moved to the Cosmopolitan. It's, uh, it. I, I'm not even sure they can have this show anymore because it's so like, crass and over the top, you know, it makes fun of people's stereotypes and stuff of different genders and um, ethnicities. It's hilarious. But, you know, if you go in there and you're expecting like, and you think you're like really too woke about stuff, you'll walk out of it. Yeah. I just think it's funny. <laughs> it's like, I, I,
2: look, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in people being able to take jokes about themselves. Just jokes, right? man. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. There's no malicious intent behind no, it. No, no, none of it. And I mean, like the, I, and you'd be, people listening would be lying if they said that dark jokes do not pop into their head. Of they have course. To. Like, they Of have course. Of course. And because I, I know it, it happens for me, like all of, all of these news stories. You know what I mean? It's I've gotten to the point where I just I view myself as like a casual observer because that's the only way to kind of immerse yourself in the news without going crazy. Um, yeah. So I'm just like a casual observer. I have no control over everything. I'm just communicating to y'all what's going on.
1: Right, right. And
2: I mean, it's just, it's freaking crazy, man. It's it is absolutely crazy. crazy.
1: But it's a great show. Like you'll spend a lot of money, but you will like be laughing so hard. It'll be, I mean, you'll be crying. You're laughing so hard. It's probably that and all the Cirque du Soleil shows when they come back, and those are always worth it. Those are amazing shows just like the athleticism and stuff. It's incredible, but uh, I wouldn't really waste my time. Sorry, Vegas, on the strip at a lot of places. Uh, maybe like pool parties, love a good pool party. The link has a very underrated pool. It's tiny, but I got the hookup. I know how to get free cabana. No, don't call me everybody.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to drop your number? And yeah, the, no, no, description?
1: no, no, but it's like legendary times. And then uh, I would spend my time in downtown Vegas because near Fremont Street, you can actually bar hop down there and it's very reasonable prices. Very reasonable prices.
2: What was, because um, there was the Zappos dude, right? The Tony. Yeah, he did, he's last. dead.
1: Yeah, yeah. Tony Shea, yeah. Yeah,
2: because he, he supposedly was big in Vegas, right? Like he Huge. worked with the city a lot, put a lot of money into the city.
1: Like 300 million because when I moved there, uh, that area was like, it was the hood, man. Like you did not go down there. And then they basically gentrified the whole area, and you just walk up and down this huge strip of like bar after bar after bar and restaurant, and it's all amazing, all amazing. Huh. Man, yeah, That
2: story was like I, I didn't know much about him when he was alive, but just reading, it just kind of honestly kind of scares me, like these entrepreneur type stories because I can I can see that for myself in the future. What are you
1: worried about, Peter?
2: (laughs) I can see it because and it's it it makes perfect sense to me. It's like you have um because right now with the donut for example, right? I'm pulling 16, 18 hour days and I've been doing that for years now. I freaking love it. I'm so passionate about it that most of my personal life has gone by the wayside. So let's say at some point in the future this donut journey ends, right? However it ends, what am I gonna do with myself? (laughs) Right. I don't know. And I imagine that's, that is the same problem that like the Tony, I forget his, I don't know. Yeah. Shay? Tony Shay. Yeah, Tony Shay. There yeah. was also another dude who uh, built multiple successful companies and then got zonked out on drugs and OD to like 32 years old. Um, he was founded in a New York city apartment a couple of what? years
1: ago. Wow.
2: Yeah. And and it's pretty common too, when you talk to people who have um, gone on the, the entrepreneurial journey to, to, like something's missing, like after you're done. And yeah, it kind of scares me because I do have an addictive personality, right? Like right. I had the whole Percocet deal, like the whole opioid addiction. Kind yeah, of
1: thing. yeah.
2: It just kind of makes me a little apprehensive. So that's why I was well, drawn, drawn to that story.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I never met him, but uh, I, I saw him around downtown because uh, a lot of the bars I would go to, he would also go to. Uh, Another big shout out downtown cocktail room, in Las Vegas, amazing place. I call it the vampire layer because uh, when you go down there, it's hard to know how to get into it. It's kind of like you got to it's like an invisible door and you just push on it and then it opens and it's so dark inside this place. And it looks like the entrance to like, you know, a vampire layer. That's I always call it that. But they mainly serve just absinthe in there. And I would see them in there sometimes, yeah.
2: Just just absinthe? Yes, like,
1: that's my favorite drink, actually. Anything with a- liquors, absinthe. I'm huge into it. Re-
2: okay, so I've never had absinthe before. Does oh. it have those, like, the hallucinogenic no. kind of, no?
1: No, that's a myth. That's, that's a just,
2: myth. This is, that's Hollywood, that's Hollywood That's a big myth.
1: myth. Uh, I think, like, I was reading up on it, like, I think a long time ago. It has, like, wormwood in it. And they were saying, like, basically, it was that people were ingesting so much of it just like if you ingested too much of anything, you probably, you know, it's, oh, it's a big, it's a big myth, but I like that kind of licorice taste to it. It's really good. Um, but it's definitely a weird place because it's just like, it looks like bad things are happening. Like, and <laughs> it's like, you, they got curtains, these red curtains. And I used to always think as somebody getting like their neck sucked in the back room, <laughs> it's like, can I be a part of that? I was <laughs> <It's> like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I what's going on back there.
2: <laughs> Dude. Okay. Can you, uh, do you have the ability to put um, pictures in here or in the episodes?
1: I don't, uh, I don't know. I'd have to figure that out.
2: <laughs> okay. Cause I, and um, the thing I was going to send you, uh, I came across the house listing, I think, in I think it's New York. I forget where it is, but it's a house listing um, that it looks normal, right? The first couple pictures. And then as the pictures start going through, there's like a fake cemetery in the backyard, mm, interesting. The, the shed has cemetery over it, Oh, interesting. There's a guest house and above the guest house is crypt. Right? So there's this like gothic theme infused throughout the house. And as you're going through the pictures, you see like crosses, upside down crosses, like the crypts, the cemetery right next to a bar outside. Then you get to the master bedroom, and there's mirrors everywhere, like floor to ceiling mirrors. There are crosses just smattered across the walls. There's like a, again, gothic theme, right? So it's like very dark, like black. There's a mixture of white. And the realtor did an actual interview on the property because people look at that and are like, who the hell lives here? Like, who lives here? And the seller um, had to explicitly say that a vampire did not live at that house and even if a vampire did live at that house they would still be able to sell that house
1: <laughs> that's amazing that's actually amazing
2: i'll uh i'll, dr- I'll drop that line i gotta too, figure out you
1: know. how to put pictures in this thing and like add in funny stuff like, <laughs> kind of
2: like... Oh, dude. because you said you mentioned something about the bear and i came across the mo- the, the best <laughs> bear video i've ever seen the other day it's uh the most russian thing ever and i'll send this to you afterwards yeah yeah
1: is this a putin story too i mean no
2: (laughs) no i do have a kind of a putin adjacent one to this but um this one is a a dude who i guess lives in russia because the videos he does are outside he's shirtless and he's just got a pair of shorts and the uh there's a text in the video that says negative 10 degrees celsius So the implication is that this dude is just close to butt-ass naked in this like freezing tundra. And to top it off, he has a pet bear. So the video I'm talking about, he's sitting crisscross, crisscross applesauce, the bear is over his shoulder with the arms like giving him a a hug from behind. And this dude is playing the stringed instrument. And the funniest thing about, about that to me is he says in the video, he's like,
1: this is a white Russian. And then that's it <laughs> getting an actual bear hug <laughs> yeah.
2: and playing a little banjo. Wow.
1: <laughs> a little Russian
2: accent. He's like, this is, this is the real white Russian.
1: <laughs> I like, I was like a Putin adjacent story. Like I just yeah. saw like on your thing or something like this guy signed a legislation to get two more, to run for two more terms. Hey America, you don't want that. <laughs> right?
2: No. The, the thing I found the most interesting about that is, um, the refer so that was a that. So, first of all, that was that amendment to the constitution was approved by a national referendum, which is like a national popular vote in July. And the reason that this actually got passed and approved by the popular vote was Putin lumped in this amendment with 200 other amendments that included popular social welfare programs. So, if the populace again, so the populace has been. Declining in terms of economic prosperity, pretty much since Putin's taken office, which is why you see a lot of like Navalny, who's the Russian opposition, you're yeah. being able to to drum up these massive opposition protests. Um, but uh, I you, I kind of forgot where I was going there. <laughs> Holy crap! I was going the two I terms,
1: haven't... right? The two terms oh, was thrown in. Yeah, out yeah, yeah. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. So so he um, he packaged all those amendments together. So effectively, what he's saying to the populace is like, you can have these social, these popular social welfare programs to help you, and I get to be president for life, or you can have none of it.
1: That's crazy. <laughs> so,
2: and again, he's, tech, he's technically um, not president for life, it just allows him to run again. But right. Knowing his political past, because he's just been um, circumventing the Russian Constitution and then changing it when it doesn't when it doesn't meet his, his demands. So he's been alternating between being president and prime minister for like the past 20 years to be able to circumvent the term limits. What?
1: I didn't yeah. know that.
2: <laughs> yeah, so him, uh, Dmitry Medvedev, um, I think was the first prime minister that Putin had. And then when Putin's presidential term ended, he put him in as president and then Putin became prime minister, but effectively did the same thing.
1: This is crazy stuff, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's and, and it's not i really don't think it's that far-fetched
1: wow yeah. that's insane that really is insane Jeez, yeah. man what's well, what's the news been like for you guys since like um we last talked i mean has it been more sensational uh more headlines or what do you think when when did we last chat it was it oh pre-election or post-election post-election i think Wait a minute. It's a, yeah, post election. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. We ch- we chatted after the Capitol riot, right? Yeah, we did.
1: Yeah. yeah okay. okay.
2: Yeah. So I mean, pretty much since I guess since Biden's taken office, it's been really interesting. I was just talking to our editors about this the other day. It's like the and this is anecdotal. You know what I mean? I don't have any any actual objective data to back this up, but it appears that the the level of I don't want to say hysteria it's not the right word but there's there was a an extreme level that the country was at for the past four years and the perception as at least in the news that we read is that that's kind of in the past and it's like smooth sailing from here on out which is just it's it's really interesting to me to kind of like see that and also there's some, some gaslighting proponents of that too, where it's like, yeah. oh, you know, our coverage didn't change. It's like, well, really? Cause you know, we read hundreds of news articles every day <laughs> and like our team spans from hardcore progressive to hardcore conservative and we're all in agreement on this. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that's really curious to me as well as um, like there's been a lot of shooting coverage recently. Right. Right. It's, So the most recent one was the the capital attack on Friday, right? And I was driving up to Big Bend at the time. So I'm just getting news alerts and it happened in the morning and I'm just getting all these news alerts from, you know, 40 different publications because that's how I have my, my phone set up and everything set up. Like news comes to me and I'm getting these alerts. It's like capital attack, man with a knife, drove into officers, you know, and it just, everything just keeps unfolding. And then the very last alert I get on the day is like, 2, 3 p.m., and it's about the identification of the officer, and nothing after that, like just nothing, right? Because typically what you see with a lot of events like this is follow-up articles written that kind of tell like little offshoots of the story, but I didn't see any of that, and it's, it's just really curious to me to kind of see stories elevated because they fit a particular narrative, or that's just kind of how it appears to us. Um, and I'm not, a, I'm just not a big fan of that. Cause I don't, I think you're playing with people's, like you're playing with people's heads and you're playing with people's emotions and you're doing it in a way to make you money while keeping everybody else divided. It's, and that's what frustrates me the freaking most, man, is it's, it's like divide and conquer. It's literally what it is, divide and conquer. And as long as y'all are fighting amongst yourselves, we're going to sit back, laugh and keep our power. I hate that.
1: Yeah. You know, kind of that whole dividing thing. It makes me think about. Um, I've been reading this book. I think it's by Hans Olig, or something. I'm going to screw this up. And it's called Factfulness. And uh, my wife uh, gave it to me. She's like, "You should read this. This is like mandatory reading for a lot of college students now. And it's all about like how the world is not as bad as the media is saying it is. I think we talked about a little about viol- violence is not as high as people think it is. And actually we've become a less violent society dramatically. And it's just all about that. Like, you know, what you're getting this kind of like us versus them, developed versus undeveloped countries when the, the data does not support any of this no, at all.
2: Every, by every conceivable success metric uh, holistically the world is the best it has ever been. Ever been. Disease, best it's ever been. Economic prosperity, best it's ever been. Violence, best it's ever been. And that's not to say, that's not to discount the problem chasing at all. It's just kind of changing that narrative or that perception that God, man, the world sucks. It's like, no, it doesn't. The world is awesome and it only gets better. It is only getting better.
1: Um, It's definitely only getting better. And it's like when people say about like, how do we stop like this huge increase in population? Like, well, actually, I mean, it, things are being done, but it's being done in a way that's very different than that. Actually, women are a big linchpin to the key of that is more women are having less children. I mean, back in the day, it'd be like five, six children per family. And now it's down to like a little less than 2.5 and trending downward because you educate more women, you lift people out of poverty. They have less children because there's no because a lot of kids would die. You would have a, and, and you needed the labor, but the family, they don't, nobody talks about this stuff though. Like it's not reported. It's like, oh, look at this picture of this place on this other side of the world. Aren't they so poor? And it's like, no. Okay. Yeah. That's some of that exists, but not most of the world is in the middle is the majority of the world is in the middle, like lives middle-class. Yeah. I never hear that ever.
2: Yeah. Well, and also um, another thing, too, that I did, I discovered this really recently. Um, what's your, so your perception politically of Europe, is it that they're, I guess, more further along than us, like more better than we are? Or do you think Europe is um, kind of like on the pecking order, I would say, below the US and when it comes to a few metrics like freedom, stuff like that?
1: Oh my gosh. I don't know. I haven't even thought about it. <laughs> honestly.
2: It's, it's, it's so interesting because the perception that I typically get, and again, this is all anecdotal, right? I'm,
1: yeah, you know,
2: I'm just speaking out of my ass at this point, <laughs> uh, but, um, a lot of wow again dude i totally forget where i'm going <laughs> peter what's going on it's because yeah. you
1: burnt your hair dude,
2: <laughs> <It was> like- <laughs> my, my brain is fried um and i have i have like shiny object syndrome too is what i call it oh no so, so i cannot multitask i have to do like full immersion into one thing and i just got hit with a restart oh my computer is going to restart in seven seconds so oh wow that's, that's amazing that's, peter, that's what just dist- happened that's what distracted <laughs> me a little bit um so i got i got completely oh Okay. Perse- <laughs> perception of Europe. <laughs> We're back. Uh- <laughs> so the, the perception of Europe um, that I typically like see amongst my peers, my friends, and just in general, is that Europe is further along than the U.S. in terms of like um, medicine, in terms of racial equality, in terms of all of this stuff. But I kind of was, I was like looking at some stuff because I go, is that actually true? I don't really know. The, do you know the demographic makeup of Europe? No. Dude, there are like no people of color in Europe. And well, Germany, I believe
1: that, especially in a lot of places. I mean, well, you
2: lived in Germany, right? I Germany, did. Germany is less than 5% of the population is people of yeah. color. Yeah,
1: and I was on a military base, so that skewed it dramatically because you're getting a lot of more ethnicity on a military base. You're getting people from all over the world that join the military, whatever, from the United States. But out in the general like population, No. No,
2: yeah. France, 10 to 15% people of color. England, 10 to 15% people of color. Right. And I'm I'm looking at this and I'm going, that's not what I thought. Right. Like I, I always thought that Europe was, you know, more racially diverse than the US, that they were further along when it came again to racial progress, stuff like that. And I'm going, well, I think the US is still the most diverse country in the world, statistically by demographics. And it's massive too. It's like the the third biggest country in the world by land mass and by population it's well like fourth or fifth, something like that. And I can't think of a place that is more racially diverse and more free in the world than the United States, regardless of what the other perceptions might be. And that just kind of like, I'm just, I'm very proud and and happy to live in the country, regardless of all the issues we have. I want to work on solving those issues and bringing us all together because I see, and we cover it, how a lot of the rest of the world lives. And it makes me, every, and every single day, I'm so grateful for this. It makes me so grateful to, to live here. Because I'm going, well, glad I, I'm not a woman in Saudi Arabia. where yeah, Of course. You know, I wasn't able to drive before, well, like two to three years ago. Um, I have no rights whatsoever. You know, I just There's other areas of the world that don't enjoy the same things that we do. And I do want to just remind people
1: of that sometimes because I think we yeah, that. especially during elections and people like their candidate doesn't win, they're like I'm moving to Canada or I'm moving. I'm like no, you're not. I'm like you're living in the best country in the world, man. Get out of here. I'm like you haven't been out of Mississippi. Stop. I'm like I'm like you haven't left Washington State. Why would you go to some place <laughs> you've never been in your life? I'm like you don't know anything about that place. You don't know. You don't know any information about it. Like come none, on. None. You've never.
2: Also, never been there. You know. Yeah. Like I've, I've lived really... in India. I've lived in Hong Kong. Like I've lived in these places. And yeah. when we were in India, we were in India twenty years ago. My, uh, my family moved there, and this was right when India started to attract. Um, I'm sorry, I was getting another text. When India was starting to attract <laughs> industry, so like uh, international manufacturers, and they were figuring out locations to place their factory. Um, in India, and uh, Owens Corning, the company my dad's work, my dad worked for, he chose to put their factory in Bangalore, and Bangalore now had, hosts a whole bunch of factories. But at the time, nothing was there. Like Owens Corning was one of the very first companies to uh, to have a presence in India, and man, just being exposed to the abject poverty there, I was so young, and I still remember it. Like that's how much of an impression it had on me.
1: And I think it's changed a lot because I was reading about how like India and Africa, no, no, India and China is the majority of the world's population, actually. Mm -hmm. And as more and more people move into the middle class or out of basically like level one and level two income, it dramatically shifts how the world is and how people are living. Like the world is getting better as these countries who have huge populations continue to grow their population from level 1 level 2 societies because in the united states our whole thing is we think that like we're the biggest and the best and i mean you know but we we're actually, we're actually like a tiny percentage of the world population i mean it's, it's really not much for like, that. i think
2: 4 4% something yeah, like that yeah it's
1: like really low you know yeah. but it's it's i don't know it's just i think that understanding the actual facts behind things is really interesting or if somebody says like, oh, this is the majority of something. I mean, it's like 51%. Is it 99%? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like-
2: uh, lies, damn lies, and statistics. <laughs> and there was, a, there was a, something that um, my my sales mentor. So um, I used to work at a company called Outbound Engine. It was my first job out of college. And it sucked, man. It was, I was cold calling people who didn't want oh. to hear with me like a <laughs> couple hundred times a day. Um, so it's just rejection after rejection after rejection after reject, right? So Um, I was paired in a pod. So I was a table setter, which meant I set meetings for a closer who closed the business, who like pitched him on the product and then actually collected the the payment information for those who were interested. And what he was always telling me is he would use adjective, like subjective adjectives. So if you say um, something is massive, right? Massive is subjective, right? Like what's massive to me might not be massive to you. So using little words like that, that give an impression um, that lend the impression that you're trying to give without putting any objective data behind it, it can be very misleading. Because again, what's massive to me might not be massive to you. And if I say this is massive, and then I continue a cognitive line of reasoning saying like, this is ma- massive, my conclusion's going to be wrong.
1: Right. And you use these big terms. It's huge. It's massive, gigantic, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, Right. And people just don't question it, you know. Give me like, give
2: me a scale. I need a context, right? So yeah. give me a, a reference point. That's what I need.
1: Right. Give me exactly. So like I've always kind of been that way, but I'm like really looking, I'm like, okay, what does this actually mean? Like what's the reference point behind this? I just think there's just a lot of things that we we generalize and we say, Oh yeah, like everybody does that. Really? <laughs> I'm like,
2: I, I did not miss the irony of a general statement talking about generalizing. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I totally agree. I, I do totally agree with you on that one.
1: <laughs> you know, that's the beauty of like talking to people because when you actually talk to people, all of a sudden it starts billowing out what somebody means about it. You know, when you investigate with somebody, it's like, oh, you didn't mean it that way. But what you type or what you wrote didn't correspond to what you actually mean and it's sometimes that's the that's kind of this weird danger or weird thing we have going on with like the internet and stuff and like what does that actually mean what can you say what's the intent like the, what's the incitement level of you know it's a weird slope you know yeah oh well, it's all
2: text-based that's why i hate texting it's text-based yeah, communication yeah. so bill burr has got a phenomenal joke on this oh really Yeah, it's, I'm going to butcher it. So I'll just kind of give the (laughs) it. He's talking about the same thing that we're talking about. And he uses an example of um, like a sexual encounter between a man and a woman and how, if you just read something the way that it's, you know, if you just read something, it doesn't deliver the same context as somebody delivering something with tone and inflection and stuff like that. So the example he gives is a man and a woman kind of like flirting back and forth. And she goes, no, stop it, right? And like hits him on the arm and is being like all coy and stuff like that. And he fast forwards to a courtroom where that transcript's being read and he changes the tonality to go, "No, please stop it. Stop that. No, please stop that." And he goes oh like, man. That doesn't that doesn't sound the same, does it? Right? So that kind of to me is like what I hear or that's what I think of when you you mention that cuz a lot of that stuff gets lost in just text-based communication and 240 characters. Like what yeah. hell, 180 yeah. or whatever the hell it is now. Like, what is that? How do you communicate with a human being in 240 characters?
1: Right. Right. It's strange stuff. It's like, I've been watching, uh, cause I just think it's, I like to learn about stuff just cause of like, what's the, how, how do you go down the rabbit hole? These things that I watch on HBO max that queue into the storm. Um, it's really good because this guy like goes deep inside the whole conspiracy and um it feels like it's just two nerds honestly <laughs> i hate to say it man it feels like it's a couple of losers running website you know like i'm sorry i just like you know i mean this is his lens of it but like i'm just looking at his lens of what it is these guys are like oh these guys are just losers they want attention, <laughs> like. But yeah, it's like whole, you know, it's the whole thing is like people writing like outrageous things for reactions and stuff, you know, like it's crazy.
2: That's that's what you have to do to get attention nowadays, and I hate that. So uh, yeah, no. we're we just uh, closed most of the investment rounds. Um, we're working on finalizing it out, and part of what we're going to use the capital for is to augment our internal, um, I guess, processes to free up some of my time so I can start doing more like public stuff and growing the company and getting us in front of more eyeballs more people. So like the past six months or so, I've been studying, you know, how to do that and coming up with, you know, a plan, uh, how to best attack it and stuff like that. And what I've just been realizing, paying attention to people who are talked about a lot in the public sphere, it's just folks being outrageous as they possibly can. And, I guess, just playing into inherent human tribalism. So the most recent example of that for me would be the Satan shoes. Are you familiar with those? What? Oh, dude. um, I don't know any,
1: what are you talking about?
2: Google Google search Satan shoes right now. Come on. If you have your computer in
1: front of you, Google. Google I know. So you say Satan shoes?
2: Satan shoes, yeah.
1: Okay, here
2: we go. So if you just type in, yeah, it should pop up. Regular
1: shoes, like.
2: Yeah, just regular like shoes you wear on your feet.
1: Oh, the little Nas X thing.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I so, I know what you're talking about. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So he partnered again. The the whole idea is to be out as outrageous as possible. Right. right. Talking about you because he's got an album and a single coming out. Sure. Right? So people want need to be talking about him. So what he did to get people talking about him and also make a little money is uh, partnered with a company like an art collective i think art and sneaker collective is what they're called don't quote me on that but they modified nike air max 97s um, made 666 pairs of modified nike air max 97s and uh, did stuff like putting a drop of human blood into the sole of each shoe um, things like that and I don't know if, if you were on like social media at all last week, man, but just scrolling through it for donut stuff, that's all everybody was talking about. That's it. That's, that is it. And it was the side taking, right? It was Lil Nas X is a Satan worshiper versus like, no, it's not. This is just art. And they're just fighting back and forth amongst each other. And if like you see Lil Nas X, and this is the funniest part about it to me, is he knows exactly what the hell he's doing. Yeah. He's making all yeah. these videos, trolling all of the haters, Right. Which again, just whips up his supporters more and more and more and more and then whips up the people who don't like him more and more and more and more. And it works. It gets people to, you know, it gets people to talk about you. It gets people interested. It gets people to take sides. And I really, I don't want to have to do that, you know, and I don't think we have to do that. Um, So the messages that I want to kind of convey is. I don't want to play into human tribalism i want to help us overcome human tribalism because that's going to be the only way that we can all live together on this freaking planet together is if we figure out a way to get along with each other instead of breaking into our warring little factions and then just beating the shit out of each other yeah
1: that's crazy actually now when you mentioned it i was like satan shoes and then i was like oh this i was like yeah i scrolled through it i was like this is this is completely what i think it is you know like And it it bothered me a little bit because I was like, well, what examples does that teach? Like, Hey, you know, if you want to be big, you just gotta, you know, be controversial. And then unfortunately, like when you're really positive and you're just doing like good things regularly, it's just doesn't get much play, man. It just, Mm -hmm. and I think you gotta be comfortable with that. And that's something like my whole thing is very positive and I'm okay with that. I'm just like, listen, it's kind of like, uh, you know, so clubhouse thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's annoying the shit out of me. <laughs> and I got invited onto it. So I was like, let me go on. Cause I don't have any of that stuff. Like I was just, just have LinkedIn. That's basically it. I, I got to keep things simple. I went on and everybody's like, I'm addicted to clubhouse. I'm addicted to it. I'm on there like six, seven hours a day. And I'm Cause all of the, you know, you could talk to people and stuff. I'm like, dude, I have a podcast. I've done 300 right. hours. I am talking to people. What are you talking to I don't need to sit in a room with like 500 people and listen to some person talk. I'm doing that already. I'm like, and maybe, I mean, I guess there's a positive people who aren't, but I was like, I got off of it quickly. I was like, delete my account. I went off that <laughs> joint. I was like, I don't need this, man. I was like, how about you just reach out to people? Yeah, face-to-face <laughs> like, to
2: face to, face to face communication,
1: man. Why don't you just say, hey, like I said, oh, Peter, I want to talk to you on my show. Like when you were, we were on that site together. I was like, oh, this guy likes to talk to Uber drivers. That's what pulled me into you, by the way. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to oh, talk to this
2: guy. Uber left drivers, man. <laughs> I'm some of the best people in the world. Just Amazing, to right? Incredible, dude, Amazing incredible stories. stories. Like, yeah. uh, dude, um, I, still t- I still text him. Uh, this guy was uh, in Saddam Hussein's army. Oh, my uh, gosh. Literally <laughs> in Saddam Hussein's army. The guy is from Iraq. So he, he fought for Saddam Hussein. And he was talking me through, uh, again, this isn't, an, this isn't like a 20 minute Uber ride for some freaking reason. The guy's just like, here, you can have all of my life story. Yeah, what, me and Saddam. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but um, he was telling me about how they would make, they would get like no money, absolutely no money. They'd have to buy their own uniform. They'd have to buy their own boots. They would have to buy their own equipment. They have to buy all of their own stuff. So the US um, came in and occupied Iraq and he flipped sides. So he's like, you know, I don't want to be in Saddam's army anymore. I'm going to go help the U.S. and inform um, for the U.S., but that put a target on his back. So uh, what ended up happening is terrorists kidnapped his brother, uh, slowly tortured him, documenting it the whole time and sending him this stuff and then killed him. Not to get dark, but they got really dark. I mean, dark, that was but.
1: real dark. Right? Uh, so <laughs> In an Uber drive. There, yeah.
2: there, there's, a, there's a happy ending to this because um, the, literally the day afterwards, and he's describing this to me, this is like a covert nighttime operation to just get him the fuck out of Dodge. And it's him, his two-year-old daughter at the time, and his wife were extradited literally the next day to Austin, Texas, 11 years ago, and he hasn't left sense. Um so it ends happy where they're he's happy his family the rest of his family's safe and he's in the U.S. But like just learning about that part of the world um, and just kind of like what what was normal to him um, was again eye opening because this was right after the Soleimani um, killing the Soleimani assassination so there was like inflamed tensions with the iran and us and i'm just asking them, I'm going like you know you're from that area right like what's your take on it and it was it's just really cool to be able to talk to people like that and
1: yeah just yeah. talk to people like yeah.
2: or, like there's a, there's another dude so he was a, and it, it always coincides with some sort of news event it's really interesting so the the zelensky and trump phone call uh, remember yeah, that was yeah. that was a, a news for i don't know a couple months maybe Um, But just as that was going on, one of my Lyft drivers was a constitutional law student from Ukraine. So we were, because Zelensky was the Ukraine, the Ukrainian president. So he's talking me through like the entire history of Ukraine and like the Russian involvement in Ukraine and how there's like this massive corruption in the government, but it's coming from Russian influence and like. He's telling me, and again, this is coming from him. He's like, Zonsky is kind of fighting back against that because he used to be a comedian. I don't know if you knew that. No. And no. He a, yeah, he became a politician. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, effect, dude, it's just crazy because, like, I just start conversations with people and then the information that comes from them and the stories that they have and, like, the things I'm able to learn, the connections I'm able to make it's it's awesome man it's so cool it's like what life's about to me
1: it is i just just that's why my whole thing is like just reach out to people and just reach out to a bunch of people like hey i mean there's ways to use this stuff for good but like i don't know i don't think the world needs more social media platforms i really don't think so i think it's like way too much as it is <laughs> like sure. it's like a, it's like the world needs more dating apps you know for like people it's like it seems like like I've been married for almost 17 years. I can't imagine having like 8 billion dating apps if I was like saying, like, it seems confusing.
2: Bro, it, it's yeah, it's confusing as hell. I'm, I'm, <laughs> right, I'm, I'm right in there.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, how could you have that many dating apps and like all this stuff? Like, it's just like, it's like going to a restaurant and the menu is gigantic. You're just going to default to the thing you like. You're going to be like, eh, I'm just going to yeah, default to this. But I also so-
2: will say, I also will say I like having the the niches right or the sp- the specific purpose for which you're using an app. So to use the the dating app example, the one that I'm the most active on is Bumble, and there's oh, a yeah. specific reason for that. It's because I, I you know I'm busy as hell. Yeah, I don't have to do any of the first. They reach right? out to you, do, right? Exactly. I don't have to yeah. do any.
1: Peter, yeah. you so, lazy so, you know, bastard! That's, that's why I like Bumble.
2: <laughs> man i like to think of it as working smarter instead of harder, i'm just messing so.
1: <laughs> i don't want to do any work i just reach out to <laughs> you yeah.
2: well but look man i'm you know i got a lot of stuff to do you do I'm busy you do. um i a lot so like all of the past relationships that yeah. i've had while the donut was going on have all lost to the donut um as you know is fair to the, the lovely women that I've dated.
1: Um, You're deserve, number two. Just remember that. Okay, ladies. <laughs> they,
2: they, they, deserve, they deserve better. Um, <laughs> the
1: Donut comes first.
2: <laughs> yeah. But it has to now. It has to now. I mean, it's, it's a conscious yeah. decision that I made. And like, I understand yeah. the, uh, the opportunity cost of it too.
1: So when you go to Peter's profile on Bumble and you see him, <sighs> don't, don't listen to anything he writes on there. Just like, Donut number one, you number two. <laughs> Maybe I don't know if he has a dog. Number three,
2: <laughs> I do. He's over here in the corner. No, see okay, him?
1: maybe that's number two. You have to work <laughs> your way up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, it is the dog is number. That's so funny because you just nailed all of my priorities in like three seconds. So
1: yeah. So you know, right now you got to do a lot of work to get into Peter's life. Uh, I've done is, the work. Okay. <laughs>
2: this is true. This is very true. <laughs> man i still remember that first message i got from you too oh, I was yeah. like, dude this dude is freaking dope like i'm so excited to chat with him and i just was-
1: i just reach out to people i don't care about rejection seriously i don't care i like literally like go hey you want to chat i loved that uh, you were saying this and that and if they say no i'm like moving on yeah.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like what's the worst that's the worst gonna they're be? gonna say is no it's like oh big deal oh, and it's man. like there's you know, 6 billion other people in the world I can reach out to now. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I'll tell you a great example before I have to roll here is like, I recently did this podcast with this wildlife biologist, Dr. Uh, it's a great episode. It's one of my favorite all time episodes I've done. Um, Dr. Shuttler. She is amazing. I mean, the stuff you learn, the information is mind blowing about wildlife biology. <laughs> Crazy. But she's like, oh, I need to introduce you to my friend who is a zoologist that also does fitness. I'm like, okay. And uh, so, you know, we had an introduction through email, the whole thing. I'm like, oh, we should have a phone call, whole thing, right? This is mind blowing. So she goes, well, let me listen to the episode you did with my friend and uh, Stephanie. And she goes, she texts me and she goes, are you serious? And I'm like, about what? She goes, we live in the same town. We both what? live in Blaine, Washington, a 5,000 person town in the, the end of the earth in Washington state. Wow. So we're going to meet in person and have wow. a, that's, that's the magic. That's, that's crazy. the magic of meeting people. You that's never know. Is, uh,
2: the world is so small. It's tiny.
1: Yeah. Like that's crazy. She's listening and she rewinds the podcast. Like I got to make sure this is the right place. She's like, that's crazy. We live down the street from each other.
2: You you probably shouldn't tell anybody because it sounds like a little slice of paradise, man. It's amazing. It's amazing.
1: Oh, by the way, I'm planning this retreat is happening next year. Yes. Now it's a little different than what I told you. I got to tell you off air. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's like, what's this off air stuff? I'm like, well, maybe you become my friend and you'll learn. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm in a
2: very. Yeah. Club and I like it.
1: Yeah, listen, I I am I don't have like these rankings like Peter has, but he's up there. All <laughs> <my thing. laughs> so man, awesome, oh, awesome man. time talking yeah, to Darren, you, man.
2: You're uh, you're number you number one. I'm number, number one.
1: Man. Remember that. Any of the ladies who go on always, Bumble, a, always a pleasure. I'm, I'm so there. glad you're
2: doing video too. Oh, yeah, I'm so glad. From
1: here on out, I got a <laughs> YouTube channel, even though I don't promote it yeah. really at all. I do nothing. Yeah, so. <laughs>
2: Dude, let the let the little algorithm do its work for you. Let it, find, yeah. let it find listeners for you. That's uh, I mean, why not, right? It, yeah. It use it. Get more yeah. get more people exposed to Dr. Darian
1: Parker. Right, and uh, I mean, you know, I just put it out there, and uh, so far people are loving it. I have my own website now, finally, so I'm just doing like stuff like that. But uh, social media, no, not doing that. I got <laughs> to run though, man. Listen, you're the man. alright I'm gonna Love talk to you life. soon. Yep. Yeah. You're See the now. man. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Peace. So let me ask you something. How do you get your news? Because I know you want to stay informed with what's going on here in the world. There's so much going on on a regular basis. And it's something that's been a problem for me personally. And I've been searching and searching and searching and finally I found a news source that I think all of my listeners are going to love. It's called the donut or the dose of news useful today. The founder and CEO Peter Nowak is a good friend of mine and when he turned me on to it, I was just blown away. Finally, a daily news source that delivers succinct and factual news about all the world's occurrences. And it's an easy access to finding things that you just want to get information about. And it also serves up a lot of positive news stories that you won't hear anywhere else. It's your daily reminder that there is good in the world, even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. So get the donut. Stay informed. It's 100% free. You can unsubscribe anytime. Visit thedonut.co or text DONUT to 66866 to sign up today.
0: Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to progressive could save big. But then what? Well, there is a nice piece of stock music playing behind me that a talented composer worked really hard on. So let's enjoy it. Wow, almost overshadows the saving big when you switch to progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Any workout, any mood, any time. That's what the Peloton Tread is all about. From interval runs that motivate you to go the extra mile, power walks that work up a sweat, rolling hill hikes for you to enjoy, and full body boot camps to hit your goals. Plus thousands of workouts that go beyond the tread. Strength programs, core classes, yoga, pilates, and even boxing. Everything you need on and off the Peloton Tread. Experience it all for yourself with a 30-day home trial. Learn more at OnePeloton.com.